Hi, this is NFL Network's Patrick Claibon welcoming you to another episode of the 4th and Out podcast. It's the best podcast. Well, yeah, I'll say it. It's the best podcast in the world because you are listening to it right now. It's in your ears and you hear me and I'm telling you it's the best. You could be listening to any podcast in the world, but you're not. You're listening to the 4th and Out because, well... The universe has decided to give you this, this opportunity to hear a fantastic podcast. So continue on the path that life is set you and enjoy the fourth and out podcast. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the fourth and out podcast with me, George Evans. Joining me this week, only one guest. The others have fallen by the wayside, but I'm glad to say that Ollie Broom is still here. Ollie, how's it going? Hey, mate. Yeah, well, good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Good. Obviously, a slight change to the plan tonight, but we roll on as usual, and yeah. things will be fine. How's your week been, anyway, mate? All right. Yeah, not too bad. Um, ticking along. Um, it's gonna be nice to talk about sport rather than COVID and variants and all that bollocks. Um, good luck of sport on this week as well. Bit of Monaco yeah, Grand Prix, playoff football, um, golf starting tomorrow. Mate, another major. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I need to bet on that, actually. Um, Brooks kept her 45 to 1. Like it a lot. No. Um, honestly, trust me on this, listeners. It's, it's going to happen. He's, he's won it about twice already. 45 to 1, come on. Come on. It's going to happen. See where Kim is, you boy. Yeah, this is why we do an NFL podcast and not a golf podcast, because <laughs> this time next week it's going to be an absolute shit show of predictions. So probably we live in the garden. Yeah, that's true. Have you uh, been inside in a pub yet? No, I haven't yet, actually. Um, booked in on Friday. Nice, nice. So Where are you going? Looking forward to that. Cricket is at Ash Green Good with start. my mum. Oh, mate, you're an absolute party <laughs> animal, I tell you. You are crazy. Ever since you turned 30, you are crazy. Yeah, I know you boys are going out Saturday, but I've got uh, two full days of college following that, so going to have to bypass and hook up with you probably in June. Yeah, mate, education first. That's the sensible thing to do. Plus, I'm meeting up with Liam for a few beers before we actually meet up. So I'm going to be carrying Liam to the second pub, which is great. Oh, dear. It'll be in his Star Wars pyjamas in no time. Yeah, Christ. I mean, that's a story to tell maybe on a later <laughs> podcast, but that's an image that is burned into my retinas like nothing else, I don't think. Have you uh, have you been in, indoors in Wivano this week? Uh, no, I've not been to a pub yet. Me and me and my mum went out last night. We went bowling. Uh, so, you know, I'm following on from you and just having a couple of, you know, mental nights with my mum. Uh, shout out to the good. mums. Yeah, shout out to the mums. Shout out to Half Price Bowling as well and Half Price Beers. £2 a pint. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, went down there a few times um, pre-COVID on a Tuesday. It's quite good down there. I mean, tell you what, it's good entertainment and good value. And if anyone at Tempion wants to sponsor the podcast, then just get in touch. Because, <laughs> you know, this is pretty much uh, free advertising I'm dishing out here. But no, uh, that is Tempion Cowdre Avenue, Colchester. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, fourthandoutpod at gmail.com if you want to get involved, along with any other advertisers, because uh, we are desperate for the money. <laughs> All right. Um, so last week we discussed the AFC and pretty much went through every team. Uh, there we're going to do the same with the NFC today as well. Uh, start off with our NFC contenders, go on to the dark horses, and then no hopers, and then pretty much anyone in between. 
So, Ollie, as it's just me and you, we'll probably have a lot of the same teams um, on our list. But do you want to kick us off with a NFC contender? Hey, straight out of the gate, I have your defending, reigning, undisputed champions, mm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, nice, nice. The obvious choice, really. Yeah, just consistency and familiarity. They've just brought everyone back, which is unprecedented. So, you know, they managed to get all those contracts nailed down. Um, yeah, they're going to be up there again, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you say, the first time since, I think it's 1979, that um, all 22 starters are coming back, which is absolutely amazing. And I think a huge part of that has to come down to the Tom Brady factor. Yeah, definitely. He improved last season. Everyone was like, oh, is he going to be able to do it outside of New England away from Belichick? And he was excelled last year. He's still got plenty in the tank, it would seem. Yeah, he made that team so much better. And you can say what you want about Tom Brady, but he's proved it now. He's He's got out of that um, Patriots set up with, with Bill Belichick, gone to a completely new franchise, you know, completely new division. And you know, won another Super Bowl. I mean, there's no much more that you can say about Tom Brady. He makes everyone around him better. He's got more Super Bowl rings than any one franchise. Wow. Which is insane. <laughs> that is incredible, really, yeah. And considering he's got them all in the last, what, 20 years as well, and the NFL's been going for 100 years, that is quite amazing, actually. I mean, the Bears have only got one, which is not ideal. <laughs> better than Liam's Vikings, who have got a big fat zero... <laughs> We'll get to them. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will get to them. Um, But yeah, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now um, a great shout to defend the uh, NFL title, and for me, the clear favourites in the NFC South now that Drew Brees has left the Saints. Yeah, I don't think they're in the toughest of divisions, um, so you'd expect them to win that, um, potentially get the playoff by. And I mean, like last year in the playoffs. they just came alive. They were ridiculous. So if they can, you know, hit the ground running this season, they'll be very hard to stop, I think. I mean, you say, yeah, they came alive. I mean, Big Leonard Fournette came alive. I mean, that's how alive this team were. It was ridiculous. I think, I think are we calling him Playoff Lenny? Is that Play, what he's Playoff Lenny and Super Bowl Lenny for what he did in that game as well, you know. And uh, specialist in the one-year deal, Lenny. And, yeah, he only gets three million a year. I, I don't know whether I thought that that was a low amount or... Or a high amount, but I'd, I'd take it. Yeah, to be fair, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't sniff a nose at that. I think it'd take me about 15, 20 years to earn that kind of money. But um, yeah, really good team. They just seem to improve after their bye week in week uh, 10, I believe it was, or week 11. Because before that, they were not tough to watch, but they were very inconsistent. I mean, even the Bears beat them in week five, and there were points where you thought that Tom Brady. You know, who's throwing a lot more interceptions than you'd expect from Tom Brady. But that wide receiver core really helped him out. And with uh, Evans, Godwin, Brown, Gronk, you know, Scotty Miller, you're always going to be, you're always going to be fine. Yeah, lots and lots of options there for him. But yeah, I'd also say about the defence, like they've, obviously we said they brought everyone back, but that was really scary against the Chiefs. They were just coming from all angles after Mahomes. So to bring that unit back as a whole is awesome. Joe, you know what else is amazing about that team is that they've managed to retain their offensive coordinator and their defensive coordinator and their coach, which is amazing, really. You'd have thought one of these teams that were looking for a head coach would have snapped up, you know, Todd Bowles or 
you know, one of these guys. Yeah, that's straight off the top of your head. You'd say like the Texans. Yeah, they could have. They, you know, they were they were looking in the in the off season. They could have gone that way. But yeah, good for the Bucks that they managed to keep them on board. Yeah, brilliant for the Bucks and. Um, you know, the one game that I'm probably more excited about than any other game is watching Tom Brady go back to Foxborough in New England and against Bill Belichick. I think that's got to be the game to watch. Now that we know the schedule, I think it's week nine. And um, that is one hell of a game. Yeah. What's, um, you think Belichick's going to throw everything at him? Yeah. Could be a, a nice little coming home party for Tom. Yeah, I think. If I can call him Tom. So you, can call him, you can call him Tom, mate. He doesn't know us. You know, he doesn't know us. It's fine. But uh, yeah, for me, that's definitely, you know, now that the schedule's released, I think that was my number one non-Bears game that I'm really excited for and will probably stay up for considering it'll be a 1am kind of kickoff. I know that's not really your thing to stay up for these games, but, you know, I don't have a life. Yeah. So. <laughs> the half nine's pushing it a little bit. Yeah, I know, mate. Red, yeah, red zone from half nine to one, is <laughs> that, is a te- that is a tough test. <laughs> I tell you, that is grim. <laughs> when I'm watching the last game, it's Detroit Lions against the Jacksonville Jags or something. No, thank uh, you. no, thank you. Okay, I'll move on to one of my, um, in my opinion, obvious NFC contenders, and um, the Green Bay Packers. I'm saying this with the assumption that Aaron Rodgers starts in Week One, which I I still think, coming on from the last podcast, won't change unless he retires and move to a different team. I think Aaron Rodgers is a week one starter. And from what you yeah. see on NFL media, NFL.com, you know, they're hyping up these games between Rodgers and Mahomes or Rodgers and Lamar. You know, it, it kind of just feels like it, it, has to, it has to happen that he stays there. And um, this Packers offense, I know Rodgers moans about it, but this was the number one offense in the league last season. You know, Devontae Adams looks like a future Hall of Famer. Aaron Jones, obviously your boy, is a fantastic running back. They've got some other nice options at receiver with, you know, Lazard. They've got an amazing offensive line. I know they lost Corey Lindsley, but they've got Josh Myers in in the draft in round two. You know, there's a lot to like about this Green Bay team. Yeah, definitely. They were number two on my list. Um, like you, I think Rodgers will be there. Um, Skybet agree. He's odds on to stay in Green Bay. Um, and yeah, everyone says about them they need to go and draft 10 receivers or whatever. Like, Devontae Adams is unbelievable. But then some of the other options have got there, like Lazard. Um, like every time you see um, Valdez Scantlin, he seems to be catching bombs, taking them to the house. I think he um, starts 70 yards past for his minute. <laughs> I never see him run. Like, it just doesn't make sense. He's starting just before the touchdown line. It He's always, always offside. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and I think it really showed, you said about the offensive line, when um, Bakhtiari went down last season, that really hurt them. Um, so hopefully he's back to full fitness. Um, and I th- yeah, well, I think with Rodgers, you've always got a chance. Uh, but with the team he's got around him, yeah, definitely contenders for me. Yeah, I think they've got such a good offence now that their defence kind of gets a bit of a, a bit of a let off really because... They do struggle in a lot of areas on their defence. Um, cornerback, other than Jair Alexander, there's not too many options. Even on the yeah. defensive line, there's there's not players, apart from maybe, you know, Zadarius Smith or, you know, Preston Smith, that will get you off your seats and excited. Yeah, you'd say Jair Alexander is probably in that top tier of cornerbacks. 
in the entire league. Mm-hmm. Um, but around him, he hasn't got loads of help. Um, so maybe that does mean Rodgers sometimes has to go above and beyond. Yeah, although the Packers did, I guess, um, draft a cornerback in round one. So, you know, we don't know how um, he'll turn out. Eric Stokes, I believe it was. Yeah, like sen- sensible move, I think. Not yeah, flashy, I mean, not flashy, but it'll help him out. Yeah, I mean, probably from a Rogers' point of view, he wasn't happy with it. But you know, what can you do? And the team's got to do what's best for the team, which is why you know they traded for. Um, uh, sorry, they drafted Eric Stokes and they drafted Jordan Love last year. Um, just talking on Jordan Love, do you think there's any way that he gets an opportunity this season if Rogers stays? Um, only in a situation where maybe they've got the division tied up with a couple of games left or an injury. I don't think you're not going to bench Aaron Rodgers unless he's drastically out of form. But even then, they've added two quarterbacks in the last week. Um, So who knows in that situation? The talk coming out of Green Bay was that Jordan Love just wasn't impressing them. At all, which is why, and he was only third choice last year. So even if Rogers went down, you know, it wouldn't have been Love that came into came into the game. And you're right; they've, I know they're not world-beating quarterbacks, but they have signed uh, Blake Bortles and someone else whose name I can't remember. But there's a, there's a lot of depth in that that quarterback room, and it kind of feels like if Jordan Love doesn't get a chance this year, then he might have to move on. Yeah, be a bit of pill for them to swallow if he was a bust. You know, what was he? 27th, I think, picked in the draft. Um, and, you know, that would sort of give a bit of credence to what people are saying about Rodgers being unhappy with their drafting strategy and not going out and getting receivers and stuff. You know, if, they, if they have wasted a first rounder, that would not sit well with a large portion of their fan base, I wouldn't have thought. Surely it's more of a waste, though, if you don't use him. Because like, you you can not use this guy. He ends up getting traded to, I don't know, a team like Denver, and he could become a superstar quarterback. And then it's even worse. Yeah, true. Um, well, just insurance, isn't it, really, I guess? Yeah. yeah, I guess so. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with Rodgers in the next few months. But I think we're both agreed that we can't see him leaving Green Bay. And contractually, he can't unless he retires. Yeah, I think he'll be suiting up number 12 week one. Absolutely. I think it's best for the league that he does as well because the league, as much as I hate to say it, the league is better for a good Green Bay team and um, so is the NFC North because it means that if you do beat them, it actually feels like you've beaten a good team as well. Um, All right, mate, do you want to give me another name? Yeah, so NFC West, who am I going to say... You can, I would um, be upset if you said all four of these teams. Well, this is it. So, on our previous episode, I was pretty high on the Rams. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stick with the Rams here as a contender for sure, but with the caveat that I think we're obviously going to talk about the three other teams in the division as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, we'll start for the Rams. Um, obviously, getting Matthew Stafford in at quarterback is a huge upgrade from Jared Goff. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, and it really is win or bust for the LA Rams at the moment. Yeah, they are all in now, for sure, as if they weren't already. Um, the only problem is everyone in their division is sort of there with them. You know, I think you really wouldn't be surprised if this division ended up in any order. That's how close it is. It could go anyway. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, the one thing the Rams definitely have on their side is that they had the best defense in the league last year, and they still had a productive offense, even with Goff at quarterback. And if you can just upgrade that quarterback from below average to above average, that is a huge increase and probably a three or four win increase on your season as well. So for me, I agree. I think they're probably the number one contenders in the West, Um, closely followed by maybe the 49ers. But when you've got game records like Aaron Donald, it's just, it's game changing. Yeah. Aaron Donald, we spoke about him before, absolutely ridiculous. He can just turn a game on his head. And in a sort of tight division like this, um, you know, having a, a player like that who can change a game might be the difference between getting in the playoffs or not. Yeah. Do you, what do you make on the uh, Matthew Stafford traders? I know we spoke about it before, but they obviously gave up a lot for it. Um, you know, it'll turn out maybe at the end of the year to see whether it was worth it. But on the face of it now, what do you think? I like it um, from the Rams' point of view. I think it is an upgrade for them. Um, and, I mean, we'll get into the Lions later. Spoiler. Um, but I'm quite excited to see him in, I think, what will be a better offence and having a chance to go and make a run at things. Yeah, they've got a great receiving core. I mean, they've got Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup. You know, they're two outstanding receivers. And they had a nice run game towards the end of the season as well with um, Cam Akers, who I think's a really good fantasy player coming up. I was going to say, he's been hyped up a lot as being a top 10 running back. So, yeah, we'll see. But he was really, really good. Um, yeah, really good red zone threat last year. Yeah, definitely. And I'm glad because I've still got him on my fantasy um, fantasy team. And I might hold down, the, what is it, the $10 deposit that we have to keep. Uh, to keep one of these players. I got him for nothing, so why not? I know, I'm mate. I'm, this year. I'm so excited. I don't, know, I don't know when we'll do it. I think it'll be August, but I'm so excited to, to get on the fantasy train again. Ah, oh, good times. All right, let's talk about another team in the division then that I've got on my list, and um, that's the 49ers, San Francisco 49ers. Um, they were the ones I had as the asterisk next to the Rams. Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing as who's going to win the division. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, to me, what they did moving up in the draft is incredibly sensible, um, considering the team they've got at the moment. They're, again, very much a win or bust kind of team. Um, I think they'll start week one with Jimmy Garoppolo because it makes sense that they start with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's been very good for the 49ers when he's actually played. And then having Trey Lance learn from him is... I think, a great situation for him to be in as well. And you could argue that the 49ers have got the best coach in Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, with that run game as well and the weapons they've got at receiver and George Kittle, obviously, they've got a really nice offence now to um, move forward. Yeah, I would completely agree. And what I think, I originally sort of had this about Garoppolo, but actually you could say it about Lance as well. They're both winners, so Garoppolo as a starter in the NFL has got a 24-8 and eight record mm-hmm. for a 75% win percentage. Lance in college is 17-0. Wow. So, yeah, they're both proven, obviously Lance at a lower level, but they're both winners. And I think that is a great thing to have. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess you could say that Lance is kind of unproven because of the amount of throws he made in college, but he's only going to learn under a good quarterback like Jimmy G. And the thing is, in San Francisco and with Jimmy G's injury history, he will get a chance to play as well. Yeah, yeah I think so. I, I don't know how soon that will be. Um, 
you know, we don't want to see Jimmy G go down week two and have Lance thrust in before he's not ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe he just takes a season to learn. Uh, maybe he gets called upon sooner rather than later. But um, I, I, there's definitely worse situations to be going into. This roster is is a a Super Bowl cal- caliber roster. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about the defense. I know they lost obviously Robert Sala as their defensive coordinator to the Jets. Um, which is a great move for the Jets. And Sal had done such an amazing job with that defense last year, even though it lost some huge pieces, including Nick Bosa in week two. But um, they've lost Richard Sherman at cornerback as well, which is an area of concern for me for the, for the 49ers, probably their biggest area of concern. Um, it's going to take a lot of good coaching to get this defense back to where it was in 2019 with some pieces missing and your defensive coordinator missing. Who is their defensive coordinator now? Do we know? I don't know, but I can Google it now. Um, yeah, I think having Bosa back is huge. He's uh, another one in the sort of Aaron Donald mould. Just a complete game changer. Um, yeah, you know, they've been handing out some pretty big contracts. So they're going to want to return from this defence. They're going to want it to keep rolling along as it has been. Um, I think it's sort of a testament to how good it was last year that even with all their problems on offence, all their injuries, they were still in a lot of games. They were still in the race. Yeah, that's it. They never really got blown out apart from one game, I think, against Miami where Fitz just went mad and threw for five touchdowns. Um, Just talking about Trey Lance, actually, and another thing that he's got in his favour at the 49ers, they obviously signed um, Trent Williams to the biggest offensive line contract in the history of the NFL so his position at left tackles set for the next six years that is a huge safety blanket for a new quarterback yeah you know you're going to be taking time to process things um, that is that will just help just buy him a little bit of time because um, like we said rookies are going to make mistakes it's, it's, it's very, especially with his lack of experience he's going to be learning on the job yeah definitely if I had to give you an over-under now of how many games Trey Lance will play. If I said eight, what would you say? Uh, I would say under. Uh, okay. with, with the potential for Garoppolo to get injured. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go under for now. I think that's fair. I think the smart thing to do is to play Jimmy G for the whole season if they can afford to do it and if he's fit, definitely. Because his record when he plays for the 49ers is really good. He's won about yeah. 75% of his games or something crazy. I think, I think um, they, they maybe drafted Lance. You know, they, they did, at three, they did have their pick of who they wanted there, apart from obviously Lawrence and Wilson. Um, so they've obviously, they're in it for the long term. It's not going to be a quick fix for them because they, they don't necessarily need a quick fix. Um, but maybe they'll be looking to move Garoppolo next summer and roll with Lance as their guy. To me, it seems like what they've done is, um, obviously, they were picking 12, I think, um, beforehand. Yeah. And um, they, they're thinking to themselves, look, we're never going to get to 12 again for the next few years. We want to be a team that's picking 30, 31, 32. You know, this is the perfect time to draft up. We've got a quarterback that we like. We don't have to give up the entire house to get up to, you know, number three. I think it was a really, really smart move for a team that shouldn't be picking in the top, 20 really for the next few years it's strange that they could have had um, I mean it would have been a different draft board but they could have had Fields or Jones at three potentially 
uh, 12, sorry. Um, that's true, yeah. Yeah, all, all that stuff about Jones was obviously a smokescreen in the end. Yeah, I mean, that's what Carl Shanahan's clearly so good at. I mean, everyone thought it was Jones. I was there on the night thinking it was Jones. I was convinced. And then it came out, I think, a couple of hours beforehand and the betting changed to Trey Lance. And that's why the betters always know. Skybet always know. These people always know. I just I don't understand. But um, Mate, they've got it wrong about Siwoo Kim this week, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you wait, the odds will be fluctuating now with hundreds of people going on to... Suwoo Kim. I like that. I'm going to have a bit of that as well. Um, yeah, it's very strange, but I don't. I think they made the right decision. They need someone who can also work with that run game and be a part of that run game as well. And Mac Jones wasn't that guy. He's, he's a pocket passer and a very good one at that. But that run game is so dynamic. And they seem to have running backs just coming out all the time. There's, there's people I've never heard of that are running in yeah, some of the you know, uh, Tevin Coleman, injured. Next guy in gets injured um Matt Breeder injured next guy in and it's just these guys just rushing and and doing it really well it's because these um, players got injured in 2019 that Raheem Mostert got his chance and ever since then he's just he's been incredible uh, what, what a I, pick, I picked him up off the waiver wire last year I remember and I think it was his first touch and he rushed for like 78 yard touchdown yeah I re- <laughs> yeah I remember that absolutely ridiculous he was another one, though, that struggled with injuries. If this San Francisco team can get through the season with minimal injuries, they're an absolute Super Bowl contender. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Okay, let's carry on with the NFC West then, because I think we're all in agreement that these are good teams. So they can all yeah. be contenders. Should we go on to Seattle and talk about yeah, Russell I, Wilson? I had him uh, sort of in the dark horse category, just because nobody's really talking about him. Okay, um, yeah. I mean, they didn't really do a lot in the draft because they couldn't. So they had maybe, three picks. Yeah, maybe people just aren't picking up on them because they're still, you know, coming off the draft and talking about that. Um, yeah, I think Seattle are, are always in contention. Yeah, I think when you've got a quarterback who is as good as Wilson is, I know that he dropped off towards the end of last season, but no one was better than him for the first half of the season. You know, he looked incredible. And when you've got receivers like Metcalf and Lockett, you've always got a chance in any game. That's such a good one-two punch. Like one of the best duos in the league. Um, and they're, like, they're just so different. You know, Metcalf's an absolute monster. Uh, I wouldn't want to try and cover him. Um, and I even like their defence, it, it really came along. They were really bad. I think part of Russ being so good was because the defence was so bad and he was having to put up a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Um, but their defence came along quite a bit over the, the second half of the season. It was a pretty respectable unit. Um, if they can keep going, that'd be good for them. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It was a tale of two halves, really. The offence dropped off towards the end, but the defence became you know, actually quite good after the signing of Carlos Dunlap, which I felt really helped them. It was almost like a, a seesaw. It was really lopsided, and then it sort of evened out in the in the end of the season. I don't know whether a part of it's to do with coaching, because you know, at the start of the season, as they say, let Russ cook. But he really did cook, and they let him throw the ball when normally they'd run it, and you know, it was working for him. And then Pete Carroll kind of changed it to instead of running, uh, passing on third and ten, we'll try and run it. And I, I just don't think that works. I think you have to 
let Russ do what Russ wants to do. He reads the game so well, and he's got the ability to make these passes. Just let him do it. Yeah, he's he's good off schedule as well. You know, if if the pocket collapses, he can sort of make something out of nothing. Which it always does in Seattle. That pocket <laughs> all the time. That poor bloke gets sacked so much. Yeah, he's a bit of a, a punch bag, and you know, seeing Aaron Donald two times a season, Nick Bosa two times a season, JJ Watt, Charlie Jones. Oh God, yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a not- lot coming at you. It is a lot coming at you against an offensive line that's definitely one of the worst in football. And he's called it out many times as well and asked for the Seahawks to do things and they didn't do anything of note, really. Yeah. Um, Similar to Rodgers, you know, having a disgruntled quarterback, but maybe that puts a chip on his shoulder and maybe he's got something to prove. Maybe, yeah. I mean, to me, Wilson seems like the kind of guy that if it doesn't work out this, this year, then he's gone. In my opinion, there'll be a team that trades for him and it'll work out that way. I think it'll get past the point where it's manageable between him and Pete Carroll. Although if I had the option, I'd get rid of Pete Carroll over your star quarterback. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think he was pretty disgruntled earlier this year. Obviously, he stayed put for now and maybe he said, like, I'll give you one more year. If things carry on, I'm out of the door. Well, the Seahawks are really listening to the Bears offer you know we made a very good offer of two first rounders and two defensive starters and they were really considering it for I mean it's over 24 hours that they were thinking about this offer so you know it's not out of the realm of possibility that Russ leaves next year depends what they make of their uh, 2022 draft class I suppose whether they think there's anyone worth picking up in there that's true. That's very true. They're always an interesting team to watch. And I love watching Russell Wilson. He's one of my favourite players in the entire NFL. And as you say about DK Metcalf, that guy is just a freak. Do you see him running the 100 metre tryouts? Yeah. I don't know like, how much he weighs, but he's, he's packed on muscle. He's a big old bloke and he just tears up the ground. It was terrible. Someone, I saw someone on Twitter have a go at him because he finished last. I was like, mate, have a look <laughs> at the size of this man. He is an absolute beast. Like, you tell him that he's shit for finishing last, because I'm definitely not. <laughs> that play against, um, was it the Cardinals, where he chased down Buda Baker? It's one of the best <laughs> plays in NFL history. It's terrifying. So, so good. Um, all right, let's finish off with the Cardinals then. And, um, you know, really good season. Well, a good season last season. They didn't make the, the postseason, which would have been their target. But a big improvement on two seasons previous. And... Um, Kyler Murray, especially at the start of the season, looked like you know one of the best quarterbacks, a top five quarterback in the league. It kind of dropped off after his his injury, but you know, definite promise there. Yeah, it's really interesting that they're all in on um, on him while he's on his rookie deal. They've added so much around him this off season. They're gonna, it's you know, it's almost a bit of a shame that they're in such a competitive division. Um, because it might hold them back a little bit. But, I mean, if if you want to win it, you've got to beat the best teams, you've got to run the gauntlet. So, let's see them tested. Um, yeah, you can't yeah. win the NFC East. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think <laughs> I think any of these four teams put in the NFC East would probably get the job done quite comfortably. Oh, they're a 13-win team. No matter what team, 13, 14 wins <laughs> in the NFC East, mate. I mean, blimey. Playing some of those duppers six times a year. <laughs> Um, so yeah the Cardinals I think um, definitely an interesting one to watch 
this year. Um, yeah, we have to see how they go, whether they can come out hot or if they, if, you know, these players need to gel. Um, obviously, we're going to get an off-season this year, so that may help teams that have had a lot of additions and stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think one area that they really needed to improve was that defensive line. Charlie Jones obviously went down with an injury and he'll be back fully fit and putting him next to JJ Watt is absolutely terrifying for any quarterback. Yeah. Um, just more pressure coming after Russ in this division. Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, Russ. Yeah, I know. I do feel sorry for the guy, man. He's going to get sacked so many times. But um, they lost Patrick Peterson, obviously, at corner. Um, went off to the Vikings. Um, which is, again, a big area of need for them. Um, you know, he was a fantastic player for 10-plus years for the Cardinals and a tough one to replace. Um, but I guess it was time, you know, after a while. I think the Vikings got a nice deal for him, but they needed to energise that kind of secondary because Buda Baker's still an all-pro player. But other than that, you wouldn't have too many players that jump off the board there. I can't think of too many now. What do you make of um, who they took at 16? Is it Zavin Collins? Yeah, Zach um, Collins, yeah. Because um, I think they've put um, Hicks up for trade. Yes. So it looks like they're going to go with um, Collins and Isaiah Simmons. I thought it was an interesting move, I must say. I, to me, the smartest move would have been cornerback. I know that Caleb Farley had his questions about his back, but he was still on the board. And to me, that would have been the sensible thing to do, having just lost Peterson. You know, I could get proved wrong and Zayvon Collins turns out to be, you know, an incredible player. But um, I just think as an area of need, that or wide receiver was slightly higher than uh, linebacker. I think, yeah, I agree then. I would have probably taken a, a cornerback there. Um, I think Titans got quite nice value when they picked yeah. him up. But um, having two first-rounders, a linebacker, be interesting to see what they can do. Simmons really came along last year after a bit of a shaky start, so... Yeah, Simmons is very much the hybrid player, isn't he? Where he can play pretty much any position um, in the secondary or at linebacker, which is quite amazing. And yeah, he had a slow start last season, but towards the end, I thought it was fantastic, really. It just it proves how valuable a player like that can be. And I think looking forward in the NFL, these kind of players are just going to be more and more valuable, pretty much. You know, not many players now just stick to one position. You need to be able to play multiple positions to to combat these wide receivers. Yeah, it's quite fashionable to call them a Swiss army knife. Mm. Um, yeah. Seems to be what they got. Yeah, that's what... Do you remember Swiss army knife? There were so many shit things on there that you're never going to use. Like, one of them... Use my, I use mine all the time. Who uses a magnifying glass on there? It was just pointless. All, all the cards through. Imagine going, getting a bottle I mean, of wine thinking, oh, I've got my Swiss army knife somewhere. I'll just pop this out. I mean, where did you get yours from to have a magnifying glass? I did. I, I don't know. I think maybe in the Scouts or something. <laughs> but, but that's for another story. I'll get the badges out later. But uh, yeah, no, it definitely had a magnifying glass on there as well because all the kids were going around trying to burn ants in the sun. Unbelievable, mate. I don't know, I don't know what school you went to. Uh, I went to um, Con Community, Big Up. You know, it's got an Ofsted average or whatever it was back then so it explains my education christ but uh yeah no i think the cardinals have got a great shout of um making the playoffs it's not out of the realm of possibility ollie that all four of these teams make the playoffs yeah let's just say now like this is the best division in the nfc 
Best revision um, overall, I think. Yeah, go that. Um, I don't know who's going to finish where. I mean, obviously, before I sort of nailed my colours to the Rams, um, and I, I, I would like to see Stafford do well there, um, but it could end up any order one to four in this division. Yeah, such a good one to watch. And I, for one, can't wait to watch all the divisional games between these teams. And yeah, um, annoyingly, as an um, NFC North guy, we have to play the NFC West as well. So we have to play the NFC West and the AFC North. I mean, these people are having a laugh. Like, that's an absolute zero wins. Zero. Let me just um, take the Bears out of my dark horse. Oh, ball. yeah. Sorry about that, mate. <laughs> yeah, let's, <laughs> all right, let's move on to dark horses. Ollie, who you got? Is it the Bears? <laughs> I did have the Bears down, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, they made the playoffs. They got a good roster. I mean, you're the guy to talk about them, but um, mm. with a, a little bit of an upgrade at quarterback, why not? Um, I'll tell you why not. The schedule for one is an absolute bastard. I mean, it is a tough schedule. When you factor yeah, so in. I, I was unaware of this. You've got to factor in that we play Green Bay twice as well and the Vikings twice, who I think are a, a sneaky good team. I also think that Andy Dalton starts week one and I don't know when Justin Fields will actually come into the team. Um, our defence is worse than it was a couple of years ago. Uh, we lost quite a, quite a number of pieces, including Kyle Fuller, who's an outstanding cornerback. Robert Quinn isn't nearly the player that we thought he was going to be. Khalil Mack is showing signs of slowing down. Same with Akeem Hicks. Um, but on the positive side, we've got a nice receiving core. You know, we've got a nice running game. Um, some good players at tight end. The offensive line will get better with Jenkins. Um, you know, there's reason to be positive. I just don't think there's reason to be as positive as some of these Bears are, you know, talking about at the moment. Because there's still a lot of holes on this team. And as much as I like to trust Matt Nagy and coaching up, Justin Fields, he didn't do much for Mitch Trubisky. Um, you know, I know yeah. Trubisky had his limitations, but what Trubisky was very good at was running, and that's something that they never really got him to do. And what Justin Fields is really good at is running. You know, he's he's a four four guy. He's incredibly quick. He's the third fastest quarterback in the NFL. I mean, you know, they have to get this guy moving. And if the Bears start, let's say losing their first three games and Justin Fields gets put in too quickly, you know, he could be put into a right shit situation. Fair That's enough. why I don't think the Bears will, will do too much. But convince me, mate. Convince me. I, I'm a pessimistic guy, you know. Um, I sort of just going to give you the floor with this one, really. I, I just thought they made the playoffs last year. Um, you know, with an upgrade at quarterback, they could uh, go again. But now you've uh, mentioned that schedule. Yeah. Might be a bit of a stretch. It's a tough one. And when you add into that schedule that we play the Bucks as well, and um, we, play the, <laughs> we play the Giants and we play the Raiders. I mean, the Giants and the Raiders aren't, you know, amazing teams, but they're probably solid eight and eight teams. Um, so it's, it's an incre- incredibly tough schedule. Other than the Lions, really, it's, it's a tough one. And I think any team other than the Packers in the North are going to find it quite difficult. But on that, I do want to talk about the Vikings unbelievably you know Liam's not here so I think someone should uh, take up the mount on the Vikings and um, I like what they've done in the draft I really like what they did in the draft you know got some extra draft capital and uh, got Derrishaw at 23 which was 
a great bit of business. I like the fact they picked up a quarterback in Keller Mond to push, you know, um, Kirk Cousins. Keller Mond is pretty much everything that Cousins isn't. You know, he can actually run with the ball and, and do some other stuff. Kirk Cousins, we've spoken about this many times. He's a quarterback that's not going to light you up. Be solid enough to get you into the postseason, you know, and that's really all the Vikings need. That defense has improved, even on the secondary. Um, they've got you know Phelan and Jefferson at wide receiver. You know, I don't know what you think, Ollie, but I think this is a quite a nice team. Yeah, I mean, um, Olivia mentioned in our chat that she had them as a dark horse. Um, yeah, the thing about Cousins is, and I've said it to you before. He's just very safe and a bit boring. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's got Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the league. Phelan and Jefferson. Um, I just he doesn't wow me at all. I just don't think he's that exciting. I don't think he's gonna. He hasn't got like intangibles that mm-hmm. just stand out. Yeah. Um, and I don't see him elevating. You know, a team that's right on the cusp. I don't see him elevating them to that next level. He's not a guy that fills you with confidence, I don't think. Like, if you're walking into a locker room and you see Kirk Cousins, I think his, pro- his name's a problem as well, Kirk. Not ideal. <laughs> I just uh, think of uh, Milhouse's dad from The Simpsons. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the problem he's got. Like, every time, you know... Kirk, Kirk Cousins is a big deal at the Cracker Factory. <laughs> that's true. Oh, you got Kirk from Coronation Street, but look at that guy. He was a complete melt. <laughs> He's king of the jungle. King of the jungle, mate. You weren't even king of Coronation Street. He's an absolute drip of a bloke. (laughs) I'm telling you now, there has not been a good Kirk. And I will challenge any of our listeners to to find a good Kirk because there isn't one. You know? Um, uh, Kirk Shepard. Who won Kirk Shepard? Did he win the World Darts? What? The problem is you could have said (laughs) Kirk anyone and I'd have had to nod and try to work out who it is. Kirk Shepard. Uh, well, if if you can, if anyone can think of um, some Kirks, feel free to drop us a line at a fourth and out pod because I can't. But uh, um, I th- yeah. <laughs> are you googling Kirk Shepherd now? No, I've googled notable Kirks. There isn't any. I'm telling you. Um, I mean, they're all they're all they're all uh, surnames. So. Oh yeah, because you got Christian Kirk. He, he plays <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Maybe there's him. He's quite good. But. You know, as we were saying, he's not a guy that's going to fill you with confidence, is he? And even Justin Jefferson isn't. He had an interview the other day where he said, um, "I mean, I will know, say, Kirk Cousins is on this list of notable Kirks." So yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the, that's the problem, mate. <laughs> you know, and when you're running um, receivers saying that Joe Burrow is better than Kirk Cousins already, and Burrow's been in the league one year and had an ACL injury, it's not ideal. I think the addition of Mond is really interesting. Do you think he's going to see the field this year, or is he more of a? A project because they got a lot of money tied up in cousins. Yeah, the problem is there that they've tied up so much money in cousins that unless their QB one gets an injury, then I can't see Mond playing at all. And I also can't see Mond playing year two because they owe um, cousins forty million next year. So you know, Kirk Cousins is their starter for the next two years. You know, there's no way around it because of that huge contract they gave him. But the Kellen Mond one's interesting because he can do so much that Kirk can't. You know, um, and I'd like to see him push for a quarterback job, but I just think because of that contract, they're obliged to play Kirk Cousins now, unless he starts off one and seven or something. Yeah, we might have been a bit harsh on him. He's like a safe pair of hands, but 
I sort of feel if you know they're in a must-win game against a fearsome defense like a, a 49ers or a, a Rams, you know, I wouldn't he wouldn't be the guy I would want under center. No, that's it. I mean, they played what was it the 49ers in the 2019 playoffs and just got absolutely dismantled by the 49ers, you know. And they obviously didn't make the playoffs last year. Um, I, I can't remember their record. I think it was um, seven and nine, or maybe even six and ten. They really struggled last year. And you know, Kirk for the start of last year was tough to watch. He threw more interceptions and touchdowns in the first five games, I think, or something ridiculous. He's just so streaky. That's the problem. You know, he's either a bottom five quarterback or a top five quarterback. There's no real in between. And it is interesting what you said about um, about Jefferson and his comments. They must have some rapport because Jefferson broke the rookie receiving record. That's true, yeah. But so there must there's something there between them, obviously. Is that more Jefferson being incredibly good, or you know, I mean, come on, he had so much open space that I could probably throw to Justin Jefferson. Plus, you've also got the benefit of someone's going to take Adam Phelan from you as well, so which opens up a lot more, you know, places to run in and takes probably away the other team's cornerback one. Um, but have they got a uh, a kicker now? Because uh, like as far back as I can remember, um, they seem to have kicking boys. They got rid of Dan Bailey in the off season because he had an absolute stinker. Um, I keep seeing that game on Sky. It keeps popping up whenever I turn the TV on. Where I think it was Blair Walsh missed about a twenty yard field goal against Seattle in the playoffs. Yeah, it's absolutely horrendous. The Blair Walsh why... project, someone called it. <laughs> I don't know why I cut the sky keep playing it. I think it's just to annoy Vikings fans. As there is quite a lot of them in the UK. Um, I know we know two of them. As we should say, <laughs> two out of our seven uh, in the WhatsApp group are Vikings fans. That's nearly thirty-three percent of the whole group. I mean, worrying. But uh, I think it's an all, a solid all-round team. I read an article the other day from um, NFL.com that said they're either an eleven and six team or a six and eleven team. And I kind of kind of feel the same, but to me, they're edging more towards a playoff-bound team than a not-playoff-bound team. I'd put them sort of in the same bracket as the Bears. Um, pretty good all-round roster. Could do with good quarterback play. Um, but as you mentioned with the Bears, the schedule, that's going to make it pretty tough for them. Yeah, I think any team in the NFC North, even the Packers will struggle with a schedule that, that, that is that difficult, really. You know, the Packers have got to play the Chiefs on top of our schedule as well. I mean, some really tough games that that division's got to face. Um, all right, have you got any dark horses in the NFC East? Uh, yeah. Um, I'd like to talk about the Giants. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll go for the Cowboys as well. Um, I, I don't really feel like you can consider them a dark horse. I think just the way they're perceived by everyone, they, they should be thought of as a contender more often than not, really. Most most years, you know, um, they're such a, a big team, in quotes. I think they're, they're always thought of as contenders. Yeah, I mean, at the start of last season, they were being spoken about as Super Bowl contenders, which was fair enough. But, you know, as soon as Dak got injured, it was really game over. And the problem I see with the Cowboys now is, you know, Dak got injured, but they had Andy Dalton to come in, who's, a, you know, he's an average quarterback. If Dak gets injured now... They've literally got no one. I, I don't know who their backup quarterback is. They're, I don't think there's much more of a team more reliant on a quarterback than the Cowboys are with Dak Prescott. 
And it's yeah. tough coming off that kind of injury. Yeah, you'd hope he'll come back. Um, obviously, he's been paid now, which is great for him. Um, I, don't, I don't know who their backup is either. Is it no. Garrett? Garrett someone? Garrett Gilbert? Oh, um, that Ben Danucci. Oh, ben Danucci, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, um, I mean, that's a, that's a tough, sobering thought for any Cowboys fans. But their offense is probably the best on paper, in my opinion, the best in the entire NFC. Yeah, like they've they've got a lot of players on big contracts who need to step up and deliver. Um, I'm thinking Amari Cooper, but actually, when I looked up his stats, he went over a thousand yards again last season. He's sneaky good, Amari Cooper. He's not, yeah. you know, he's not the biggest name, but he always kind of delivers. Um, so I think the one you've got to be looking at to, to take the pressure off. Um, uh, Dak is Zeke. Who was poor last year. And yeah, not good. Um, you're looking With the money they gave him, you're looking for him to bounce back. Yeah, I think, you know, considering that Dak goes down, a lot of reliance needs to be put on Zeke because you need to get that running game started. And he fumbled, he just fumbled the ball. Every game I remember watching, he, he fumbled at least once or twice. And there was that time in, I can't remember the game, where he fumbled it obviously gave the opposition the ball and then the next play fumbled it again. You need to rely on these players, these big players on big contracts. And he was just nowhere to be seen last year. He only had one 100-yard game. Yeah, he needs to step up and take some of the load off, definitely. Um, Because that has real potential to be a really good offence in what is widely considered to be not a particularly strong division. Um, Obviously, we can talk about the other teams, but... Um, Cowboys are favourites with the bookies, um, rightly or wrongly. But yeah, I like what they've done with their defence in the draft. Though they've they picked up some really nice nice players, and they've got Dan Quinn at defensive coordinator as well. Obviously, the former head coach of the Falcons. You know, Mika Parsons to me is the best defensive player in the entire draft, and they, you know they've got some help at corner now, and got some pieces on that defensive line. If they can. Because they were bad. I mean, they were really bad defensively last year. Yeah, only ways up, really, for that unit. They were not impressive. So, yeah, they, they need to come on this season. Yeah, that's it. And I hope they do, because, again, a good Cowboys team is good for the NFL. And they are America's team. They're on prime time pretty much more than any other team as well. Um, they're, the first, they're the first game this season against the Buccaneers. You know, That first Thursday night? Thursday night, yeah. Thursday night at the Bucks as well and there's talk that that's been done purely to get the ratings up as well I mean obviously Tom Brady against America's team is going to be huge so you can kind of understand it that'll be a test for um, Prescott with that defence coming at him yeah that's it I mean there's no let up in the NFL week one you know that defence coming at that offensive line struggle last year as well and they'll get a lot of players back which will help them but they had a lot of injuries there and you know, if they can't protect Dak, he could be in, in big trouble. Yeah, I think they've sunk a lot of money into it um, over the last few years. There was a bit of chat that they might have gone that way in draft if someone fell to them. Um, obviously, they, they went a different way, which is fine. Um, but yeah, now you paid him, definitely try and protect your guy. Yeah, I think the way they wanted to go in the draft was cornerback. But the um, obviously, the Broncos taking certain. And um, JC Horn going at number eight to the Carolina Panthers. It made quite a lot of sense to trade down with the Eagles, really, and um, take Mika Parsons. Good move. Very good move. All right, let's talk about the Giants then, mate. 
Yeah, like the Giants, I know our friend Ben is um, coming up on them. I think he's feeling a bit more confident than he probably was this time last year with their off season. They, yeah, they've. I mean, we've seen it before. They've they've helped Daniel Jones out massively. So we're going to see what he is made of, and nowhere to hide for him now. I don't think he has no excuse. He's got a serious team of weapons now in Galladay, um, Kadarius Tony. You know, Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Evan Engram. That is, even, a, that is a good team. Even Rudolph, you know, Engram was a bit of a dropper last year. Rudolph is more of a safe player. That's, that's a pro bowler you're talking about there in Evan Engram. <laughs> oh, he was good for my fantasy team two years ago. <laughs> last, last year, not so much. But um, Yeah, I mean, they're going to give him every opportunity to come out and win with this roster, basically. And if it doesn't go the way they're hoping, then maybe they have to uh, start thinking about making a change at quarterback. Well, let's not forget that he's also got Saquon Barkley in the backfield as well that yeah. missed a huge amount of time last year. Yeah, big um, big weapon to get back. Huge. That offensive line needs some work. Um, Andrew Thomas probably wasn't the prospect they thought he was going to be when they picked him up at number four last year. But if they can protect Daniel Jones and he's got time to time to pass it as you say he's got no excuse because you know it's make or break for him this season um also the defense is pretty good top 10 scoring defense last year yeah um they're going to give him every chance and they've, they've sort of kept that unit together pretty much um they added they had an edge rusher in the draft uh yeah round. um he's a jury yeah second rounder so that'll help um i think they've got a sneaky good defense yeah, if I was a Giants fan, I'd be pretty happy with it. And they've got a good team, you know. Uh, James Bradbury's a really good player in their secondary. Um, you know, got some nice, got some really nice pieces. I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the playoffs at all, especially in that division, because, you know, you're going to be playing some, some teams that are just either struggling or just not on it. And, yeah, why not? Why not see them win, win this Yeah, um, they're right in my dark horse category. I think they're... I don't think they've been missed as such. I think a lot of people are, are talking about them. But I think like with the bookies, they're a little bit under the radar and not the uh, the favourites for the, the NFC East. No, I, I can kind of understand that. Um, my next dark horse is the Washington football team because um, to me on paper, they've got a, a top five defence followed by a very, very you know above average offence really. I'm excited about Fitzpatrick going into that quarterback position. Um, I'm sure many people aren't, but I, for one, love Fitzpatrick. I like um, Antonio Gibson in their backfield. I like, well, I love Terry McLaurin. He's an outstanding receiver. Um, Curtis Samuel, J.D. McKissick, you know, Logan Thomas. They've got some really nice pieces on that offense that can um, do some good stuff for Fitzpatrick. Yeah, really like how they've upgraded the offense this offseason while keeping together their defence. They've definitely um, progressed from, you know, winning a division with a losing record. Um, I'm going to sound really hypocritical now, but I want to see Fitzpatrick. <laughs> he needs a bit more of Kirk Cousins in him. He needs oh, to... <laughs> he need... <laughs> I'm not saying I, I love his mentality. He's just a gunslinger. He's just going out there and just dropping bombs 
Um, but sometimes you just need a bit of a game manager to play it safe. Um, and on the flip side, I think maybe Cousins needs a bit of Fitzpatrick in him. Um, what a big you know, beard. Yeah, definitely. Big, I, I'd respect big, him more. Big beard, big arm, go out there and rip it. Big um, personality. Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like that, that's like a, a hybrid quarterback. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Fitzpatrick. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. I think there is a there's a Dre Kirkpatrick in the league. So you know, maybe maybe it's this hybrid love child of uh, <laughs> Fitzpatrick and Cousins. Um, um, yeah, I, I, not to not to talk down on Fitzpatrick because he is exciting. Um, but yeah, I, I sort of see him as a bit of a maverick. Not so much a, a safe pair of hands. But you could argue in the last two years at Miami, he had the best two years of his career. I know he's never reached a playoff game, which is obviously a huge you know, downside of Fitzpatrick. But when he needed to come in for Tua Tungavailoa, he was really good. Yeah, he was, yeah. So I think, yeah, I just wondered. There was a lot of talk about the Redskins. Uh, not the Redskins. Oh, the football team. You're so 2019, mate. <laughs> the football team uh, trading up for one of these quarterbacks. Um, obviously, it would have taken a huge jump to go to three or four. But oh, they're going to try to get to 11, mate. And... That was there for them, and they obviously didn't want to. So um, I think Fitzpatrick is a, a long term plan at quarterback. No, they've got Tyler, uh, Taylor Heineken or whatever his name is um, that, that played that uh, playoff game against the Bucks and actually looked quite good. They signed him up to a two-year deal. So you never know. I mean, it's, it's a nice option to have. I was surprised they didn't move up for a quarterback. Um, I think the reason they didn't move up at 11 is because the Giants had that pick and the Giants might not have traded with um, Washington, which kind of makes sense. Um, and I like the fact that Fitzpatrick's got a starting job. I think he's earned it in the last couple of years and it's a nice team to work on. Ron Rivera is a good coach and this defense with Chase Young and Montez Sweat, I mean, that defensive line, that front kind of seven is easily one of the best in the NFL. Yeah, I do like what they've done building on last season. Um, I can see what you've got them as a dark horse. Just, there's just not many areas of concern, really. They upgraded their secondary, the offensive line got a bit of an upgrade in the draft. Um, yeah, to me, they're just a sneaky good team. They're a team that could easily get 10 wins and go under the radar as a 10-win team. They went under the radar last year purely because they won their division on 7-9, and nine, but they weren't a bad team at all, and they, they pushed the Bucks in that playoff game. Yeah, you can say, oh, they, they made the playoffs by default and they were you know, won and done in the playoffs, but they lost to the Super Bowl champions. And yeah. it, it wasn't a blowout by any means. No, definitely not. I think, you know, they're a respectful team. And obviously with Ron Rivera not having to go through what he went through last season as well with um, with cancer and stuff like that. And shout out to Ron Rivera because that's absolutely amazing to be a head coach and to go through that as well. And um, Yeah, superb. It's incredible. Absolutely. And having to deal with Dwayne Haskins' is bullshit. I mean, <laughs> yeah, fair play. That is, that is amazing stuff. Some other mugs have to deal with him now. You'll never see him, trust it. You'll never see him. There is no way that um, Dwayne Haskins is making it onto the field for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2021. No way. Not when you've just given Mason Rudolph another deal. 
<laughs> Sorry, mate. I didn't have to do that. I was out of order. So it's, <laughs> it's not the AFC chat anymore. Um, all right, let's talk about you know talking about no hopers. Let's let's move on to some no hopers. I didn't mean the Steelers, by the way. I meant Haskins's career. <laughs> uh, let's move on to some no hopers that we've got in the NFC. Um, Ollie, should we start with the Detroit Lions? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know who they are. I don't know what their identity is. Just... Uh, according to Dan Campbell, they're motherfuckers who bite people's kneecaps. They were his words, by the way. I see. Yeah. Um, I have them here uh, as a comparison. Um, I've got them as the Cincinnati Bengals of the NFC. Oh, Jesus. I don't, I, you I don't... know what? I think they're so harsh on the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know who they are. I don't know what their plan is. I don't, just don't know what they're all about. I'd have, I'd have said the Texans as a comparison. I wouldn't go that far. I, I see mean, the, te- the I Texans. The are... dirty, mate. They've got Joe Burrow, <laughs> Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. Yeah, I mean, just with the Lions, they've... They've had years of, of Matt Stafford, who I think we both quite like. Both think he's a good quarterback. And they made the playoffs three times, lost in the wildcard round each time. And I don't think they ever really put Stafford, gave him a platform to succeed. They never built around him consistently. They never really built up a, a strong roster around him. No. So, and, you know, like the last couple of years, um, Bears went what twelve and four a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think the Vikings might have gone thirteen and three not so long ago. Yeah, I don't see the Lions doing that. I don't see them having a season like that where they, you know, win even double digit games. Not with Jared Goff, you know, and I know Jared Goff was a very good player in you know twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen, but he dropped off a cliff last year. And he does not fill me with any confidence at all. And who's he got to throw to? Who is that man throwing to? Yeah, I mean, last year they had Golladay and Marvin Jones. Now, I don't know. Um... The one thing that's in the Lions' favour is that they've got a really good offensive line. And with Penn um, Isdall, that'll be a top five offensive line. I've got no doubt about that. They've so, got a good, a good defensive line as well, to be fair. So they're, yeah. they're pretty well stacked in the trenches. But outside of that, you know, you're... Your playmakers, I'm just not really sure about them. Uh, what do you make of the the move for Sewell? Do you think it was a good pick up at, at seven where they were? It's a tough one. I think he's such a good player that it's good value at seven. But when I had, um, I might be biased, but when I had Justin Fields there as a quarterback, I'd have taken the quarterback because you're not going to rely on Jared Goff for the next five years unless he has a miraculous upturn in form. But um, to me, going from Sean McVay and his incredible offensive mind to going to Dan Campbell, who's not proven as a head coach, it's not going to improve him as a quarterback straight away. I think take the safe option, look look upon the next year and look towards the next 10 years and take a quarterback who's you know going to be incredibly good um, under that offensive line as well, who's got a bit of help at running back with DeAndre Swift. And just look towards the future, you know. To me, Jared Goff is a one-and-done kind of guy for the season. Penasol's great, but yeah. I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Like, there's no long-term planning. I mean, unless they're looking to literally build from the ground up through the trenches, 
Um, I know that's quite a, a Dave Gettleman sort of move. And I feel I think he will be a fantastic player. Um, but it was it was safe and it was not necessarily the most exciting thing in the world. It wasn't what they needed to do as well. They, As I said before, they've got a really good offensive line and they could have got value later in the draft. And if you're not going to take a quarterback, then you could have taken a playmaker. You know, Devontae Smith was still there. And to me, that seemed like another logical thing to do. So I prepared a little quiz. Uh, the Lions are one of only four teams to not make the Super Bowl. Can you name the other three? There's a lot of pressure on me now. The so only... you were, yeah, you would have been backed up by Liam and Olivia. Um, now okay. you're all on your own. I, I tell you, I tell you, I'll, I'll make it easier for you. Um, Lions are the only one in the NFC. So the other three are in the AFC. Okay, I'm going to go Texans. Correct. Jaguars. Correct. And the Bengals. <sighs> no. Ah, bollocks. No, you're right, they're not. I should have thought about that. Uh, it's not the Browns, is it? Even Browns. Is may, it may, may soon change all that. Wow. I mean, they have been terrible for a number of years, to be fair. But, yeah, I do think that will change. God, blimey. But, I mean, never never made a Super Bowl of the Lions to get back on topic. And I, a bit, I know you're a big fan of uh, Peep Show. Mm, oh, yeah. It, it's like, you know, when Superhand says... Oh, Norwich, they turn up every week, but they're never going to win the league, are they? Yeah. yeah. That's, exactly, that's exactly how I see the Lions. That is exactly it. And sometimes they don't, they don't even turn up every week by what I'm watching on the screen. Cause... Yeah, Norwich, Norwich win the league every two years and then they get relegated again. But yeah. That's a different matter. But you're right, that's what the Lions are. They're pretty much the West Brom, the Norwich. It's just a shame that these teams can't get relegated from the NFL because, you know, they're always just kind of languering in last place in the NFC North. And that's sort of like there's there's not like loads of jeopardy there. Like you, you know, if you're really bad, then you you're high in the draft. It's almost like a reward. Yeah, but they've been high in the draft for a number of years now. They were number three before this. Yeah, they took um, Akudo done nothing. Yeah, it didn't really pan out. Um, yeah. In fact, he was an absolute disaster. He he got burned every single game. So. You know, that's another thing that they're going to need help um, at secondary and at corner after taking a number three pick there. It's, they just seem to have no luck at all. And Dan Campbell seems like the kind of guy who's more at home in a Weatherspoon's bar fight than he is in the NFL. I mean, it's, they're they're an interesting team to me because it's they're interesting to see where they're going to go. But would I want to watch the Lions for 17 games a season? Absolutely not. But what I will say is this, they've got more hope than the Texans. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, um, the Texans are eight running backs. Uh, I, I do think there's a bit more bit more hope for them there. Um, all right, let's move on to um, any other no-hopers we've got. I've got down the Philadelphia Eagles, which might be quite harsh on the Eagles because their roster's not terrible. It's just... I, I had them down as well with a bit of a caveat in that they're in a strange situation. Yeah. They're sort of going to use the year to evaluate Hertz and sort of see what they've got with him. If if it doesn't pan out, then they're pretty well placed to take a quarterback next year. They've got two, maybe three first-round picks. Yeah, well, if it doesn't pan out midway through this season, luckily they've got Joe Flacco to fall back on and 
you know, wow, look how well we done with the Jets last year, throwing 50-yard <laughs> bombs once a game. Incredible. I, I, do you know what? I think people were harsh on Jalen Hurts towards the end of last season. I think when he came into the team, yeah. he was really good. You know? So, I just wanted to make a point of something I read today. Uh, PFF had him ranked 31 out of their projected 32 week one starting quarterbacks ahead of only Drew Locke. Um, Fucking hell, I think that's out of order. I, <laughs> I, just, I just think it's such a small sample size. Wait a minute, Hertz. can I just ask, was Andy Dalton higher than him or was it Justin Fields that they had as a projected... Uh, Dalton. Hmm, that's, that, that's out of order, I think. I mean, that is, that's tough. To I just think this is sort of one of those things where they haven't got a lot to write about and they're just, just doing stuff in the off-season to to try and generate a bit of controversy. Um, I just don't think we've heard, I just don't think there's a big enough sample size to judge him yet. No, definitely not. He played four games and in his first game against the Saints, and this was a very good Saints team, he won quite comfortably and he looked really good and his passing was good. He's obviously such a good threat with his his legs as well. You know, he had a couple of hundred yard games just with his legs. That he's definitely got an opportunity. Um, but again, the Eagles, they, I mean, it was a nice pickup with Devontae Smith, but they don't have a ton of wide receivers to throw to. You know, Zach Ertz looks like a ghost of what he did in 2019. Um, yeah, I think he'll probably be on the way out at some point. I'd have thought so. Jalen Rager, who's their first round pick in 2020 didn't do anything you know considering they could have taken Justin Jefferson that looks like a real terrible decision and then uh, after that who have you really got Dallas Goddard I mean all right he's okay and even the running game Miles Sanders doesn't fill me with so much confidence yeah I think they're in their sort of transition team um sort of looking towards the next draft to rebuild that roster obviously they've They've had to eat the Wentz contract, which is now off the books, so they can start to move forward now. One move I did like, though, was um, they picked up, is it Landon Dickerson, um, at offensive yeah. line, which I thought was a really nice pickup and makes a lot of sense because their offensive line last year trying to protect Wentz and Hurts was an absolute shambles. Yeah, bulk out of it. Also, on the other side of the ball, they just picked up uh, Ryan Kerrigan this week. Oh, from, did they? From the football team. Wow, I like that. Yeah, I quite like that move. So that will help. Yeah, like that a lot. Kerrigan was the all-time sack leader for the football team. So top player, top top player. Held that defence together for ten years. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't see that on NFL.com. Nice, good work. I'm glad one of us does some research because I, <laughs> I clearly haven't bothered. Uh, no, you're right. They're building towards the future, but at least with the Eagles and their draft picks, I see a plan. Whereas with the Lions, I don't at all. Yeah, you know. Um, and even if Hertz isn't the kind of quarterback that they're, you know, they're expecting or whatever, he's still young enough to develop him. Whereas Jared Goff for me isn't. But you know, that's enough on me being harsh on the Lions. Um, I think there's only a few teams that we haven't spoken about, and amazingly, one of them is the New Orleans Saints. Um, obviously, past you know Drew Brees has retired, and they've got Taysom Hill and. Jameis Winston at, at quarterback now. If I was going to ask you who's going to be the starter in week one, who is it? Um, I think it will be Hill, but I think it should be Winston. Yeah, I, Joe, I completely agree. I think it will be Hill, but I'd much rather watch 17 games of Jameis Winston throwing, you know, 30-30 than Taysom Hill getting the ball. Oh, he's, he's, in the, uh, he's in the Fitz, Fitzpatrick. 
Maverick class. But he will do, you know, Winston will do something special and they've got such a good coaching base in um, New Orleans that he's got a good I think he, he came in for like one play last year and threw a 75-yard touchdown. Yeah. That's it. I mean, ever <laughs> since he's had his laser eye surgery, he's, he's 100% touchdown. Oh, he's he's a new man. Um, yeah, I, I think whichever one starts a quarterback, I think they're in quite a good situation. Um, good roster. I think they're a little bit under the radar as well. They've sort of been perennial favourites for that division. Um, whereas now the Bucks have obviously taken up that mantle. Um, yeah, they're an interesting team. I don't think they'll do too much this season. I think they'll comfortably finish second to the Bucks and maybe look at a ten and seven kind of kind of team. Their options at wide receiver worry me, apart from Michael Thomas, pretty much. But he was injured for a lot of last season. Um, that defense is only getting older. Um, Alvin Kamara is not so much a running back anymore, but a pass catching back. Yeah, I think lean on him definitely. Uh, whoever plays a quarterback, Hill didn't really use him when he came in for what four or five games last year. No, I didn't use him I at would... all. His stats dropped completely off the board, really, especially from would... a fantasy point of view. I would think they'd want to lean on him a lot more. They should do. He was easily their best player last season, and you know his stats are absolutely mental, really. And that game with six touchdowns against the Vikings. Uh, that lives long in the memory. I remember in New Zealand watching that. God, that was good. Um, all right, let's carry on with the NFC South, which we've kind of neglected during this conversation. Um, we'll start with the Carolina Panthers with uh, Sam Darnold at quarterback. Just a quick one, really. With Darnold at quarterback, are they a better team than with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback? I think they've got more potential, not necessarily a better team. Uh, it be interesting to see Darnold in a new environment. See what he can do. Yeah, definitely. I, do you know what? I was one that I wouldn't have minded Sam Darnold coming to the Bears because I think he got such a bad time at the Jets that you know you can't really rate him on an Adam Gase team. I would say the same about the Steelers. Yeah, you know, rather have him than Dwayne Haskins coming in. Oh God, yeah, definitely. I mean, at least he'd be someone that actually gives some competition towards you know, Big Ben as well. And the Panthers have clearly kept the faith in Darnold because, again, at eight, they could have taken a quarterback and didn't. They took a cornerback. So Sam Darnold yeah. is their QB1 for the next two years because they took up his fifth-year option as well. Yeah, so they're going to evaluate him and give him a, a good go of it with a pretty good offence there, I think. Yeah, an underrated offence. You know, CMC wasn't fit last year, but once he comes back into the backfield, they become... You know, a really good offense again. Um, they've got DJ Moore, um, oh, Robbie Anderson. Name? Robbie Anderson, yep. Who's... He was on um, GMFB not so long ago and had quite a lot of good things to say about Donald. Yeah, they were together at the Jets, weren't they? And they were pretty good at the Jets as well, you know. So he's got some, yeah, got some really nice options there. And they're a sneaky good team. They've um, worked on their defense a lot, especially in the draft. I think their first five picks were defense. You know, and it was improving last year. So, good coaching, Matt Rule. Not out of the equation that they can make the playoffs. No, I think a team opposite the Lions, a team with an identity and a plan and a team on the up, you would say. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, let's finish it off with the Falcons then. Um, You know, stuck by Matt Ryan, um, giving him another weapon in Kyle Pitts to go along with. Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, which is Filth. absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, they struggled last year to four and four and twelve. Got rid of the head coach in Dan Quinn. 
Got in Arthur Smith from the Titans. What do you make of the Falcons this year? Um, sort of similar to the Panthers, really. I don't definitely don't see them as no hopers. Um, not sure I'd quite put them as dark horses. They're sort of in that sort of no man's land, really, where not a lot is expected of them. But I think they can definitely go and win a few games. They're um, the kind of team to me that will upset a few teams in the later in the later weeks. Yeah, you know, you you sort of be a game against like a Packers or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're not playing, but uh, sort of a team like that, a team yeah. with a, a good winning record, and they'll sort of beat them by a touchdown or so. Um, they've yeah, they've, they've got potential to to beat anyone on their day. They're a really fun team to watch, even though their defense is so bad. If they can kind of improve that side of the ball to the point where it's average and they've got a well above average offense, you know, they're a, they're a sneaky team. You know, I don't think, as you say, they'll make the playoffs, but maybe they'll go eight and nine, you know, something like that. They'll definitely improve on the four and 12 from last year. Yeah, I think they've, um, Matt Ryan's still got some in the tank. So, yeah, I think they're quite a fun offense. I think they'll, they'll, better their record not saying they're going to make the playoffs but I think they'll better their record definitely yeah no I completely agree so if I was going to ask you for um, an NFC championship game now who would you say um, Bucks against someone out of the west yeah. let's go Rams you've got to go with the Rams after you've picked them up so much yeah, yeah. Rams yeah I'm going to go Bucks 49ers um, yeah I, I think the Bucks are Quite comfortably, the best team. Well, I don't know. Best, they're the best all-round team for me in the NFC. But there'll be a lot of competition from the West, and hopefully, our boys in the NFC North, or well, minor limbs boys in the NFC North, can scrape into a playoff playoff space. But I tell you what, you know, I'm a lot more positive than I was before the draft, and things are looking a lot better. That's for sure, as a Bears fan. Good to hear. All right, mate. Before we go, and um, I watch West Ham, no doubt, lose to West Brom. Uh, have you got any other business? Yeah, I'll make it quick because I know you want to get off and uh, watch your boys. Just, did you see these two uh, Broncos players that have been injured and are now not going to get paid? Oh, this is uh, Jawan James and I can't remember the other guy's name. Yeah, they, they, they the first one done is ACL and now the Broncos have said, yeah, we're not paying you. Yeah, because he's done it away from the facility. So he was training on his own. So they're not liable for any of his contract fucking hell he's had a tough time because he opted out of 2020 as well um, he also played he got paid 17 million dollars to play three games in 2019 I take about I take back what he said about having a tough time <laughs> fuck it do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I think he was um, he was due 13 million this year um, with another 2 million next year but they've now completely cut his contract I think blimey save themselves about 10 million against the cap. I guess that's not bad because then you can look at getting another offensive lineman in. Um, I think they're looking at... It just seems, just seems mad to me that you'd lose yourself that amount of money. That's the that's the thing with these teams though, mate. They just don't care. A lot of teams will take on dead cap just to... I mean, the Rams are taking on a huge amount of dead cap with Jared Goff and that, that proved how you know keen they were just to get him off the team. You know, these, these teams will eat up the money just to get these players off the books. You know, yeah. which I kind of Mad. understand. Kind of understand. I mean, at the moment, I really feel sorry for Broncos fans. They could have had it so much better, and um, their dreams of Aaron Rodgers have 
slowly fading away, I think. And the thoughts, I saw a video of Drew Locke throwing the other day and it didn't fill me with confidence and I don't think it's going to fill many people with confidence. PFF's 32nd ranked week one starter. <laughs> that is bad, isn't it? So they've got him. I'm interested that they've got him as a starter over Teddy, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's quite interesting. In a way, it's about confidence, you know. Maybe Teddy was 33 on the list. Do you want to do a top five in the NFC quickly? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, go for it, mate. Um, George Kittle, Hopkins, Kamara, Aaron Jones, Donald. Nice. Yeah, nice. With, I've got two others as well. Wanted to give a shout out to. Okay. Um, Whitworth for his longevity. Yep. He's just been there for 39 years old and he's still on that offensive line. And one of your boys, Alan Robinson. Oh, bravo, mate. The second. So good with such bad quarterback play. Yeah. Let's get this man a proper quarterback. Yeah, well, we got him. He just we won't play him, and that's that's the problem. But yeah, Robbo has been so good. His stats have been really good with average quarterback play his whole career. His stats in I think it was 2017. He was playing with um, Blake Bortles, and he had the NFL leading touchdown record that season. He had 21 touchdowns or something mental. It's just scary how good that man is. Um, yeah, I'll give a I'll give a top five. A couple of Aaron's in there, so I've got Aaron Aaron Rodgers. And uh, Aaron Donald as well. DeAndre Hopkins is my boy, and I can't say anything bad about him. Uh, Trent Williams and Nick Bosa, you know. Lovely. Just, and I give a shout out to Cam Jordan as well at the Saints. I think it's incredible. Obviously, Tom Brady. Um, so many good players in the NFC, but they're players for me that really, really stand out. Right, mate. Well, um, have you got anything else for me? Should we give a shout out to the socials? Yeah, follow us on the Twitter at Fourth and Out Pod. Get in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts. And we've got a Facebook group of the same name as well. Yes, yes, we do. It is private, but uh, we are working on it. Uh, <laughs> you know, when I say we are, I mean Liam is at some point. Um, just something I'd like to say. Actually, I wanted to do on last week's show, but I didn't get a chance. Um, last week was Mental Health Awareness Week, um, which is obviously massively important for a lot of people. Um, and if you ever feel like you you know you can't talk to anyone or you're struggling with things then I speak for I'm sure me and you Ollie and Liam that you're always welcome to chuck a message into the fourth and out Twitter page or anything just get in contact and chat about anything pretty much because it is a tough time coming out of lockdown and it's tough for a lot of people and yeah it's just good to chat and as guys we don't always chat so it's a good thing to do yeah that's I'd echo that that's a fantastic shout um I would say, obviously, not been able to see people for the last year or so. Yeah. Just being able to jump on here and chat football and escape from the real world for an hour or so. It's been fantastic. Yeah, definitely, mate. It makes a huge difference to my week knowing that I'm doing this and chatting football for, for an hour or so. It's, it's really important. And, yeah, if anyone out there just wants to chat football, wants to chat anything, then please do get in touch with us because we're always open to talk. All yeah, right, come mate. on, come on, guest with us. Show us yeah. up with your football knowledge. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're always looking for guests, especially over the summer. You know, we've got some plans, but where there's not much football going on, we're going to have to improvise, Ollie, pretty much. So yeah. we'll see where we go. All right, then. Something that's probably going to affect my mental health is West Ham kicking off in 10 minutes. So um, I'll, I'll get on that. But Ollie, thank you for joining me again, mate. And I'll uh, see you next week. Thanks a lot, mate. I'll speak to you soon.
All right, mate. Speak to you soon. And um, thank you all for listening.